next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to the Canastra Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Brennan Ertle. I'm alongside my co-host, Nate Williamson. What's going on, guys? Today, we have a very, very special guest. It's been a long time coming. Lots of you people may know him. Lots of Canastra Chronicles fans out there. He's our managing editor at Canastra Chronicles, Mr. Chris Donalds. Welcome to the show. Holy cow, man. That was, that was impressive. Uh, I'm not going to be able to live up to that, but uh, very, very thankful to be on here with you guys. Looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to hearing how wrong your top ten lists are. What if they're, they're exactly the same as yours? Then what are we going to do? Man, if, if they are exact, so that's the thing. I have to go last then. So oh, when true. we go around the horn, I'm going to have to go last because I don't want you guys to lie and tell me that, <laughs> oh, that's, that's who I was going to have there too. <laughs> I guarantee we will not have the same. Guarantee yeah. it. In, in a world where we had the same list, I would, I don't know, film myself eating cat food, whatever it is, <laughs> you name it. If there was right, a year no where chance. that was going to happen, it would be 2020, though. Let's be honest. It was, <laughs> it's the year of weird things that shouldn't happen. That's true. That's true. But it's not. It's not going to happen because yeah, my yeah. list's wrong, and I know you guys yeah. are, are just horribly wrong, but that's okay. I approve. I mean, I'm not sure I've ever had a right list in my life. So, I mean, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Brennan, you can kick us off, and then I'll go, and then Duns can round us off, and we'll go 10 to 9 to 1 along the way. Yeah, so we're jumping on the trend. Lots of people have been doing their top 10 Saints. Uh, yeah, we're jumping right on that. We got our own list. You'll see. Um, don't well, you know us- what, Brennan, before, before you start, let's, what exactly are we saying the top 10 of? Are these the top 10 most important, the top 10 best? Let's go ahead and like establish what this top 10 list is or what saying- we used in determining this. I'm saying the top 10 best current Saints players on the roster. So not like most valuable or um, whatnot. Um, I'm just going straight up. Who's the best player at the position on the team? Um, I think that's a pretty fair baseline for these guys. I kind of went by like if we were going to make a better version of the Madden rankings, because we all know a lot of those are quite interesting. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. (laughs) Well, I'll say I took a slightly different approach then. So my list is more of a kind of most important list. So obviously that's that fair. includes players who are good. If, if you're good, they're going to be important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was kind of coming at it of building blocks necessarily. So like if, if I start picking a team from scratch, who would I want? But also if this player was to go down, how likely is it that this team could recover? Mm-hmm. Okay, I dig that. I think it'll give two good perspectives, too. It, it all ranks the same, but it'll give two different really good yeah. like MVP and overall quality rankings, so that'll be good. Yeah, if your list is right, it should be – it should work out. Yeah. It'll be whereabouts fairly similar, I would say, in terms of uh, impact. You know, like you said, if they're good, if they're great, they're going to have that big impact. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see about that. I have some guys, too, that I think I probably value more than the average person does because I have position bias, but we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, well, I'll start us off. Disclaimer, I've changed this about five times today. I'm pretty happy where I stand right now. But for this number 10 person, I know I'm going to get some heat. I know I'm going to get some DMs and some dirty messages on this post. Number 10, I have Marcus Williams. And before anyone comes at me with this, just let me explain. Pro Football Focus, good guys over there, they watch every single play. And they evaluated him as the second best free safety in the NFL in terms of coverage behind Justin Simmons. And I know everyone's like, he lost us a playoff game. He did this, he did that. Minneapolis Miracle. He was the reason we got back into that game. Lots of people forget that interception he had was huge and throughout the past two years he's been the leading interception player on the team and he's been that ball hawk the Saints have been looking for since Jairus Bird and I think he's got some crazy range um his tackling is 
uh, the reason I'll get some heat on this. But, yeah, he's my number 10 player, and I think that's fair. Yeah. I, You're I not going to get any flack from me, man. Uh, I'll Spoiler alert, I think you have him too low. Mm-hmm. But, but we'll get there. Yeah, I actually have him higher up, too. So it'll be interesting to see how high he went. I, it's hard when you'll always be remembered for one mistake when you make you can make any amount of plays and some saints fans dedicated hardcore are just going to remember that one time so it's tough my number unless 10, or until he started. tracy porters it oh, uh, unless or until he goes full tracy porter and picks six in the super bowl yeah all he's going to be known for is that one play unfortunately what a character development that would be that would be something else <laughs> he just comes in and makes a big play like that hey i wouldn't complain i wouldn't complain Mm-mm. My number 10, somebody a little bit younger that I was really happy when the, the Saints picked him up in the first place, and somebody that I think is actually going to grow in importance this year as this offensive line continues to change a little bit. My number 10 is Eric McCoy on this list. I, I think that offensive line is a huge part of what this team does, and from left tackle to right tackle, any way they line it up, whether we see Cesar Ruiz switch from the guard spot or uh, switch out and Eric McCoy put, switches out, you know, from tackle to tackle, that offensive line is one of the best in the NFL, and it's no slouch in Eric McCoy. I think this year he gets a little bit more respect to his name. I can dig yeah. in. I can dig in. He, he, McCoy would probably been one of my two honorable mentions here if I was expanding out past 10, but he didn't did. make the cut. I like yeah, he was um, in my honorable mentions. But, man, Brendan, you want to talk about getting heat. Number 10 for me is going to be Andres Pete. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, part of the idea here is, he, well, one, he gets way too much flack from Saints mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. He is our primary, uh, well, well, let's backtrack. Teron Armstead's going to make this list. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, he probably makes this for all, all three of our lists. But when Armstead goes out, Pete, and when I say when Armstead goes out, <laughs> Pete is the primary backup to Armstead. Mm-hmm. Pete can play both inside and outside. When you have someone like McCoy or Ruiz, they're limited to either the the center or just the interior of the line. Pete's versatility there of being able to shift around is crucial for the Saints offensive line. And a fun stat, so the Saints last year gave up 25 sacks. That's it. When Pete went down against the Falcons in week 10, the the Saints gave up six sacks that game after Pete went down, of the, of the 25. So, yeah, he gets a lot of flack, and I know a lot of people within the organization say some of his struggles last year were because of injury, and maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But clearly the front office believed in him enough to throw money at him this past offseason. But I think the main reason is because what he can do at both guard and tackle, again, when Teron Armstead inevitably has to miss time, Pete's your go-to first man up. And when you have someone of Armstead's caliber go down, you need someone who can play a quality backup role there. Yeah, no and doubt. Lots of people go ahead. At me in the comments, bro. <laughs> lots of people look at that Minnesota game and kind of hate on him. But as a lineman, I know Nate can back me up on this. They're not supposed to hold, but they do. That's that's the big thing for them. They grab onto the inside of that jersey. Guys like Linville, Joseph, Evers, and Griffin try to stop them without grabbing them. Like, he had that, uh, like, a boot on his left hand. I mean, that's why he's such a bad game. And Larry Wolford had two hands, and he played terrible, so. I had well, a coach. Pete had three penalties all season. And this is in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Just three penalties all year last year. That's his lowest since his rookie year. So, yes, he, everyone can have a bad game. But if you look at what he is over the whole season and what he means to this team, he is far more valuable than people give him credit for. Agreed. That kind of versatility and that depth is something that is really hard to come by. A guy that can swing in, swing out, and also move and block, move block. So it's definitely uh, a piece that the offense uses really well. So I actually, I love that pick for sure. Yeah. So swinging back around to number nine, I got big nuts Lutz, and um, I couldn't leave him off this list. I think he's been one of the most consistent kickers since he's joined the Saints. Um, he had one of the longest um active game streaks for making straight kicks and um a game i was watching a couple days ago was the minnesota vikings game like i just said and if we go into overtime and we win that game we're looking back on will lutz because he made that last second kick to send us to overtime 
and you look at the Houston Texans game, that that long kick to win win us that game. I mean, he just came in clutch so many different times. And uh, before lots, there was just so much uncertainty with like Kai Forbath, uh, Kai Hartley. Um, what's his, what's his name? Garrett Hartley at the end of his Garrett career. Hartley, yeah. Just yeah. just lots of street guys. And Woolats finally one of those top tier guys. Uh, he could be a Pro Bowler coming up, and should have been an All Pro too. I love special teams, so I, I value kickers a lot. I, I think that when you have a kicker, we've seen very easily they can decide, they can win you a game, they can lose you a game. Uh, and, you know, they're not out there a lot, so when they are out there, you need a guy, a.k.a. that's got the big nuts to make it work when they're out there. So Lutz is a huge part of this team. Uh, I appreciate that mention. Uh, shout out to the special teamers there from Brendan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm going to probably catch some flack for this, too. But we say big nuts Lutz. I hope that this is not a trend. I hope that um, this is just coincidence. But you want to talk about that mir- the Minnesota Miracle game? He also missed a kick. True. The Rams game, the no call, he missed a kick. If you go back and he's, he drills those, which are usually makeable kicks for him, we're not in those situations where there's a miracle. We're not in the situation where that flag potentially becomes an issue. So in the postseason, I don't know, man, it, it's been, it's, I've been nervous. I don't want to say something and speak into existence, but he's hasn't been perfect in a playoff game yet. I'm a knock on wood. Now that we've yeah, said all right? this. Right. So <laughs> I think I'm a little too overconfident when he lines up for the kick, I'll go to the bathroom, take a break. I know what's going in. <laughs> Just kick back and relax. Let him kick it through. <laughs> in the regular season. In the regular season, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man, I get I get nervous in the postseason right now. Yeah. Well, my net, my number nine is actually a little bit of a repeat. I have Marcus Williams at number nine. It's just a tiny bit higher, not too much higher than that. Um, for all the reasons we already talked about, I, I think he's a guy that gets a lot of flack. Uh, but other than a couple tackles that he's either been a little bit um, – I don't know what the words I'm thinking, not super willing to dive right into or has just completely fluffed up and missed on. He's been really solid in coverage. And like Brendan said, you know, they wouldn't have been in that spot without him. He's got some good picks. He's got really good ball hawking ability. And it's something that in a team where we are super blessed with the current Saints secondary compared to what we grew up watching and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think we need to value Marcus Williams a little bit more. He makes number nine for me. So here's our first overlap. So Marcus is my number nine also. So I don't want to just keep beating this dead horse, but it's for all the same reasons we've already said, right? Mm -hmm. I wish he would not duck his head and close his eyes when he's going in for tackles uh, and just think that throwing his body at someone's going to work. But again, if it wasn't for Marcus Williams, we wouldn't have been in a situation where the miracle play even happens. Uh, So his ability in the secondary is huge. Um, so yeah, so he's my number nine. Yeah, coming right back to number eight, I'm saying right in the secondary, this these top eight were real tough for me. I mean, I could switch up any of these guys and still be comfortable. I have Marshawn Lattimore here. I could have had him higher, but I mean, there's just so much talent in this team. But Marshawn's just one of those guys where he can lock up outside of the field, and we've seen with the higher level of competition, he rises to the occasion. Um, we've seen him at times be lazy sometimes, but um just the numbers weren't there last year with the interceptions um that'll come he had a couple drops just some unlucky bounces so I mean that'll come with time and um just staying involved in the game he did have a iffy Minnesota Vikings game but his ankle was banged up a little bit but we uh last podcast Nate and I were looking at uh some of the top Madden reigns and there's not many guys in the league who I would take over Marshawn today and there's like three or four guys maybe and after that, it's like in, in his stance with his age, um, his hamstring was an issue coming in. That hasn't been an issue all we've seen. He's been healthy. He's been pretty healthy. That contract, I mean, he's been one of those guys that can lock down a field. He makes Julio Jones look silly. He makes DeAndre Hopkins look silly. Just these top-tier guys just go silent. Yeah, I think Marshawn Lattimore is somebody on this team that we may not have seen the best of yet. And – Uh, just an absolute talent. I mean, coming out of the draft, we knew everybody that I had talked to and everybody that we had interacted with said, 
Lattimore is, should have gone higher than where he sat. And I think we can all probably say that hindsight's 2020, uh, not the year because then it would suck. But Lattimore overall has just been a breath of fresh air. We talked a little bit about the secondary, but man, uh, just locking down in the NFC South that has some of the best receiver duos uh, in the whole game. And what a breath of fresh air at cornerback one he's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So again, spoiler, I've got him a little higher. Uh, but what he's able to do to just completely blank out number one receivers, where Mike Evans just doesn't appear in a box score. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper has two targets and nothing. Uh, those kinds of caliber of wide receivers that he just completely shuts down. Uh, it's absolutely invaluable to Dennis Allen, where he just says, you know what, I know that Marshawn's got this guy taken care of. So let's just worry about everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And that actually, I have him a little bit higher too. So we'll touch on that a little bit more, but coming up next for me, and I might get a little bit of flack for this one. If there's one that I think people might be a little upset about based on talent and what they're doing right now, Drew Brees is actually next up for me. So he falls out of the top five. Uh, this team is just absolutely stacked with talent younger talent, more effective talent, and last year, less injured talent. So for me, Drew is great. I value Drew more than probably anybody on this team because I, he, he's just, he is the Saints, epitomized. He is. You know, this offseason has been a bit of a roller coaster for him. But uh, when it comes down to it, we're all looking at Drew Brees. In terms of impact, he's probably higher up. But pure ability, he comes in right here for me. How dare you have Drew Brees? <laughs> I'll see myself eight. out. <laughs> because I have Drew Brees at number eight as well. Oh. So, yeah, I know. Wow, right? It's hard to say you have a guy who can miss five games last year and the team win all five games and that player still be top five for you as far as how important they are. I mean, if Drew were to go down, heaven forbid, we have the league's leading passer last year as our backup, mm-hmm. plus the next Steve Young, right? We we have Taysom also. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy too. Um, but Drew's great. If we if this was an all time list, if this was a list from 2011 or 2009, obviously he'd be higher. But right now, for what he can do, for his arm strength of being able to throw 50 yard bombs, that's just gone. That's not in his game anymore. Uh, so. What he means right now, and that's not even really including whatever kind of concerns there might be in the locker room still based off of his questionable comments this offseason. So when you throw all of that in the mix, I couldn't have him any higher than eight. So, Brendan, you're just wrong. I'm, I mean, I, I, totally res- <laughs> I totally respect it. I mean, I respect it. It was hard for me to put him in a spot on this list, but I just look at the games where he didn't play. I look at the Dallas Cowboys game. All field goals. I look at. Um, I mean, the only real game. Did, was did we win that game? I can't remember. Did we win that game or did we lose that game against the Cowboys? Oh, that's right. We won that game. <laughs> I don't care what the score was. We won. Just win, baby. Especially against the Cowboys, you just have to win. It's just it's a win to win. Move on. It can be ugly. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I no love kidding. Teddy. Don't get me wrong. I love Teddy. <clears throat> but my number seven, I'm going in. Um, this is a guy that I could have higher, but. I mean, after uh, this season, he really could be higher. I have Alvin Kamara at this spot, and I think this is a good spot for him just based off of his season last year and the um, injuries he went through because we really – I don't think we've seen the top Alvin Kamara yet, and I think this is the year where we see the top Alvin Kamara. It's a contract year uh, with the uncertainty with the salary cap. I don't know if he'll get his money. He will need to work his butt off to get that money. And these past three years, he's had 88 receptions, He's been that steady course, but I think this is the year when he really becomes the um, the three down back they've wanted him to be. Because um, looking into the workout videos he's been doing, he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger. He's been working out with defensive players, DNs. I mean, he looks he his body fits the mold of a guy like that, and it's his balance, his awareness, his catching. I mean, he just does it all, and he's one of the top players in the league. I wouldn't put him among the top running backs, but. This is, this is Deshaun Payton's favorite toy he's ever had, I, I think. I think you're probably right about that. He's so versatile and slides into that offense in so many different ways and is at least good to elite in so many different ways. Now that he's bigger, 
I'm really excited to see what he can do, especially, you know, adding that size and being able to shrug off those kind of and competing a little bit more in terms of physicality against interior linebackers is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know, man. It looks like Alvin Kamara ate the old Alvin Kamara. <laughs> like, he looks huge. His size are tree trunks now. And I'm curious to see if he's still going to have that same kind of lateral elusiveness uh, that he had when he was a little smaller and potentially shiftier. So it'll be curious to see what kind of speed or agility gets sacrificed as he continues to bulk up. Mm-hmm. It would be a really weird circle of life where Alvin Kamara becomes the Mark Ingram type runner and Ty Montgomery becomes the Alvin Kamara type runner. That, that's a we can only hope. I, see. <laughs> I think coming in at my seven here, seven? Yeah, seven. I can't count sometimes public school education. Marshawn Lattimore is actually coming up next for me. You know, I don't think we've seen probably the best that we will see of Marshawn Lattimore. And that's saying something when, like we said, you've got a guy that is shutting down Julio Jones, Mike Evans, just absolutely ridiculous performance after ridiculous performance. You know, he's had some mistakes. He's so young. And, I mean, he's going to grow into a cornerback one role and be somebody that we see around, hopefully, the Saints, but definitely the NFL for quite some time. Especially with more cornerbacks, I think quality cornerbacks behind him now. You know, you brought in Janoris Jenkins. You've got um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing up in the slot and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, training camp coming up. And I'm interested to see uh, Jameis Winston and Marshawn Lattimore. They have a little bit of a history (laughs) Saints fans remember uh, Jameis with a little finger on his helmet, and then that got him uh, leveled by Mike Evans. So I'm just interested to see the level of competition between Marshawn and Jameis come training camp. Man, I think a lot of that just goes away when you're wearing the same logo on the helmet. I remember there being questions when the Saints picked up DJ Swearinger after he had called Mike Thomas a clown. (laughs) Um, Just like, oh, man, how how are we going to put these two in the same locker room? But – Again, it, it's team first, and, and Sean Payton does a good job of managing his personality. So I, I'm certain that this will all be okay. And considering the Breeze issue, this is very low on the totem pole of their concerns <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my number seven, this is where – Nate, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It's Alvin oh, Kamara. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's okay. Alvin Kamara is number seven. Uh, I agree that I think that this could be a, a big year for him. But really, the only thing that kept him not quite as high is what we were able to see out of Latavius Murray last year. Mm -hmm. And that also makes me question, I hope this doesn't happen. But I could see a scenario where because this is a contract year, that the Saints choose to try to run Kamara a little less. So I'm just nervous that it's possible Sean Payton runs Latavius Murray a little more to keep Alvin Kamara quite from putting up big numbers. So that way for that contract extension, uh, the Saints were able to say, well, look, this, this is all you rushed for this year. Uh, I could very well see something like that happening. I hope it doesn't. Uh, but when you have a quality capable back like Murray has shown to be, Murray had a career high in yards per attempt last year. And a lot of fans in the Vikings game uh, in the playoffs were clamoring for Murray to get the ball more mm-hmm. uh, because it looked like the run game was working. Uh, so when you have Murray emerging and you have Kamara who battled injuries, until I see him take the field healthy again, he only comes in at seven. I could have put him higher, but this is the one that I wasn't sure exactly where he should fit on this list. Yeah, I, I think it's tough to tell with him because, you know, he could be one of the top five. He could be one of the top three on this team uh, in, in a Saints team that for so long has been on the back of Drew Brees. We're not used to seeing the run game be what we rely on. So I think it was kind of weird for Saints fans. And I know I was calling, like you said, for Murray to get the ball more. It was just like, wow, the Saints need to run the ball more? Like, I'm not used to this at all. What's going on? But, yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be a big make it or break it year for Kamara, not just because of the contract, for sure. Yeah, Murray definitely had one of his better years since being with the Raiders, honestly. Um, but I, coming at number six, I had um, one of these guys that protect the runners and the passers. I have T-Stead, just dropped his song, go check it out. I've got Teron Armstead, our left tackle. I mean, he could be in my top three easily. And the reason I hesitate to put him that high up is just because injuries. And I, I think this past year he did better. 
injury-wise. And, uh, of course, like Chris said, we have Andrew Speed just to back him up. But we, when he is 100% healthy, you could argue he's the best tackle in the game. You very well could. And coming from a small college, um, he's made his way. He's um, came onto the scene fast with Jerome Bushrod pushing him out. And since he's been here, yes, the injury questions, but one of the most talented guys has the fastest 40 ever for an offensive lineman. I mean, that's not easy to do. That's a freight train. That Teron Armstead is a freight train, and he is a strong guy. I, I think I agree. And the left tackle spot, especially a position that's so hard to play, he could very easily be one of the best when he's healthy. Um, I have him a little bit higher up, so we'll talk about him a little bit more again. But for my number six, it's actually going to kind of repeat here, so we won't touch on it too much. But Alvin Kamara actually comes in at six for me. I was kind of in the same spot. You know, I think I could see him climb as high as three, as high as two, you know, dependent on this year. But in terms of value and then ability kind of weighed out, I think top six, you know, on a team that is just absolutely insanely stacked at every spot is still a really good running back in a really good spot. I'm also team don't pay your running back, but for Alvin Kamara – if he has a great year, pay that man his money. That's what I'd say. <laughs> Depending. Pay your tackles first. Exactly. Speaking of tackles, that's why Teron Armstead makes my list here uh, at number six. So that's back-to-back identical picks there. Um, for all the reasons we said, I, I think that when he's healthy, he is one of, if not the best, uh, tackles in football. The problem is – that if he's healthy, he's always a big if. Uh, he's yet to play a full season. That's the only thing that's keeping him, uh, when I say this far down, he still made number six on my list. But the only thing that kept him from being in the top three was his injury history. So if he were to somehow turn around and maybe play a full year because we don't have any preseason games, uh, then I could see if we did the same list next year, now he's number two or number one. Uh, but it just his injuries are such a big part of the evaluation for Armstead. Yeah, and I completely agree. So coming back around to number five, it's Drew. I got Drew at five, so a little bit lower than you guys. But, I mean, I just felt disrespectful. I felt unloyal as a Saints fan not to have him top five, whether he threw 40 no, picks. You're just, what? you're just blinded by your fandom. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think so because the second Teddy Bridgewater took a seat and Drew came on, first game against the Arizona Cardinals, their offense just looked completely different. I mean, it looked more explosive. The running game looked better. The passing game looked better. They just looked better all around. I love Teddy. I think he's more than a game manager. But Drew just brings that extra edge. And um, I've, seen, I've seen some videos of this offseason, him working out with Todd Durkin, his trainer, and Chase Daniel. And it's just the tight, perfect ball. He's the GOAT. I mean, nothing else to say. I think, I mean, this year, hopefully we can get another ring for him. But – He's at my number five. I'm going to save my uh, myself here by saying, you know, I, I was wrong. You should be higher than that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I, Drew, yeah, I said it earlier, just love the guy all around. But, you know, he's up there in age. And I think I agree if this was an earlier list and it, he wasn't top five, maybe top three, maybe top one, it would be downright disrespectful. But for me, we're coming on number five. And, you know, actually we were talking about tackles and protecting the old quarterback that might or might not be a little bit more brittle than we've ever seen before. I actually took the right tackle first and Ryan Ramchick, who I think is a top 10 tackle in the NFL. And, you know, right tackle, a little bit more of a frequent performing um, position than left tackle, a little bit easier, according to most analysts. But Ramchick makes it look easy no matter what he's doing. So young, I was so excited about him coming out. This Saints team just knows how to put together an offensive line. And for somebody who loves big guys in the trenches and watching them work, that is fundamental for me to a good team. You look, um, it's between the Saints and the Colts for the top offensive line. And, you know, truthfully, I hadn't picked one yet in uh, any of the podcasts I've done, but I think I'm picking the Saints over the Colts just for the sake of those tackles. And now you get depth with Pete and Ruiz. So, Another uh, little tidbit there. But, yeah, Ramchek comes in at top five, number five. That is disrespectful to Ramchek, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, number five for me is Marshawn Lattimore. So, I think I have the, have the highest of the three of us. So, I think we've already said all there is to say about him. Uh, I think that when he's on the field, the team is better. 
And if Janoris Jenkins is our quarterback one, that's fine. But who does that make as our quarterback two? And that question makes me say Marshall Lattimore might be one of the most valuable pieces on the Saints defense. Um, so I, I love him. I hope that the Saints can extend him. Uh, and I hope that he has a big year. I think that's a great spot for him, honestly. I know there's Saints fans out there who don't particularly love Marshawn. And I, all I want to say is just remember the days before Marshawn was here. B.W. Webb, Sterling Moore, guys like that. I mean, it was just Yikes. trailer trash at cornerback. Brandon Brown or Keenan Lewis. Yeah, yeah there you go. Just you guys are going to make me have a heart attack. Now I don't want to go back to those White. Just guys like that. And we finally have a good secondary. Um I'm saying on defense for number four, maybe the one of the best, not the best, one of the best free agent signings in Saints history. I got Demario Davis, the big Mike linebacker. Just as soon as he came onto the scene, I know right when we signed him, the immediate reaction was, okay, a little bit too much money for a guy his age and what he's done in the league. But, I mean, he's just taken that to the next level, coming from the Browns, Jets, and now the Saints. He's become one of the top dogs in all pro this year. Didn't make the didn't didn't make the Pro Bowl, but screw the Pro Bowl. But all pros is all what matters. And he, you could argue, he's one of the best, if not the best, Mike linebackers in the NFL right now. And life without Demario Davis in that linebacker room is terrifying. And uh, just remember, guys, before Demario, um, I can't even name one right now. Stephon Anthony. Yes, okay. Stephon Anthony. Been a first round pick on him. Ramon Humber, just guys like that. Just, again, back to the trailer trash. Yeah, it's not pretty. When you do that at linebacker, corner, even safety I don't love. But, you know, it, it's that secondary has been rough in the past. So it's good to see uh, guys like that coming in. But, you know, uh, for me, I'm actually going to go tackle and tackle again here, which uh, – you know, Teron Armstead, like we said earlier, could be one of even the top three, top two players on this list if he was healthy more frequently. I am going to put a prediction out there that Teron Armstead plays a full season, and then I'm going to knock on wood so nothing bad happens and you can't blame me. I think we're going to see Thank the all. best Teron Armstead that we've seen. I don't know why. Call it blind optimism. I think we're going to see it. But Teron uh, Armstead coming at number four for me left tackle such a hard position to be good at especially and uh you probably wouldn't want very many other guys in the nfl up there maybe even andrews pete other than that uh in front of drew Brees or any quarterback that you're going to throw back there that doesn't have the elusiveness of a kyler murray type man so i know that clearly for me saying this is number four this means i have this guy lower than anyone else uh let me preface by saying there is a big gap for me. Easy. So five through 10 was, I don't want to say easy, but grading four through one and ranking those mm -hmm. uh, was really tough for me. So there's, a, there's one through four gap and then five. Mm -hmm. So after that gap, number four for me is going to be Cam Jordan. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm going to tweet at it's him. Nothing, <laughs> it's nothing against Cam. It is the quality of who I have one through three ahead of him. Um, Cam is absolutely incredible. He has been an iron horse on the defensive line uh, since he got here. Uh, in 2019, last year, uh, he had a career high in sacks. And there is an article up. If you go back in the archives on Canal Street Chronicles, written by, a, I don't know if I can pronounce her name right, Brendan Erdl. Oh, my God. I think is how you would say that. That's uh, how you say your name. And it sounded close. It, it's, a fun, it's a fun stat here. Uh, it says, here's the list of NFL players to be in the top 10 in tackles for loss, QB hits, and sacks. The list is Cam Jordan. That's it. That's the entire list. That's crazy. Uh, what he does for the Saints defense is absolutely incredible in both the pass game, his ability to just bat down passes also. I forgot, I can't even mention that. Um, and to be able to get after opposing quarterbacks. But again, obviously he's higher on your guys' list, but it's just because one through three uh, were that much more important to me. So I'm curious to see where he shows up on you guys' list. Yeah, we got to get Cam on the pod to discuss that. 
We're going to tell oh, him. I think he'd be fine with it. I think he would be fine with it. As long as it's a list like of his teammates. If it's other yeah. teams, then he'd have a bone to tick. But. <laughs> yeah. Number three on my list is Matt Ryan. So, oh. <laughs> Just so I can keep the two of them close. <laughs> well, my number three is I had to go Ryan Ramchek, and here's why. Um, since coming into the first-round pick, he was part of that New England Patriots trade. And I know the initial reaction, all Saints fans was like, we got Shaq Schaefer, fine. And the game I go back to is the mic'd up game against the Houston Texans when J.J. Watt says, you got to get a new tackle. Get this guy out of here. And this time around, week one, J.J. Watt didn't have a freaking stat. Yeah. Erase his name off the stat book. He wasn't in there because Ryan Ramchek. That's how good he is. And week in, week out, He's protecting Drew Brees. I believe he didn't allow a stack to the Minnesota Vikings game in the playoffs. And I see him as a future left tackle. Life after Drew Brees, if Teron Armstead retires, he's getting up there in age. He can swing the left tackle and be that guy. So that's why I think he's one of the most important players on this roster. And he's just one of the most dominant as well. He's a guy that they 100% need to prioritize keeping on this roster at all costs for the foreseeable future if he stays healthy. And so far, knock on wood for the eighth time this podcast, he hasn't shown any signs of having any difficulty with that. So I agree. Yeah, he's the next saint uh, in my dreams that we extend here. Mm-hmm. Ramchek, then we can discuss Lattimore. Then we can discuss Kamara. But mm-hmm. Ramchek first. Big tackle money, too. He's, he's going to get some big money. But Oh, it's going to be – he's going to make not just a lot of money. He's going to make sacrilegious money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, tweet, it's going to be a different level. That tweet Brendan put out earlier today of Emmanuel Sanders' house, Oh, that's going to be a Ramchek-style house after this next paycheck comes through. That's going to be his second house. Yeah, that's, that's his, his vacation home. That'll be his vacation yeah. home, yeah. <laughs> well, my number three comes in at a, a position that I really value and something that I think is ever-growingly more important in an NFL where we are seeing – more athletic tight ends out there catching passes, you know, more wow. bigger wide receivers. I actually have DeMario Davis, somebody covering oh, okay. those guys. I, I thought, thought about putting well, Jared Cook up Jared here, Cook. but if Cook has a breakout, we'll talk. But DeMario Davis, the guy oh, that's covering them, uh, is going to be a big deal, especially, you know, whatever, Rob Gronkowski back in there. But what I'm really thinking about is O.J. Howard on that Buccaneers team. And, you know, those guys kind of like that that are going to have the good year where they come in and you need a linebacker who can get side to side, not only keeping up with wide receivers, but these big tight ends that are out there. And Demario Davis is going to be fundamental for this defense this year, especially, and has been since they picked him up. And in a way, I'm sad. I was going to say this earlier, but I saved it. I'm sad that the first part of his career got kind of wasted with the Browns and the Jets mm-hmm. to just – abhors teams for the most part but if it hadn't if he had been on a better team they wouldn't have let him go and he wouldn't be with us so you know I'm sad but I'm happy at the same time I love DeMario uh, he hasn't made my list yet so Uh-oh. of course I love DeMario no that's all I'll say for now <laughs> uh, so my number three is your guys is number one um uh, I have at number three the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, okay. Okay. Michael Thomas. Um, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL, uh, without question. I say without question. There, there's some debate, but the debate should be resolved in favor of Michael Thomas. Um, what he can do for Drew Brees, what he does for the passing game, you cannot guard Mike. If the Saints weren't able to go out and get Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas would be number one on this list for me. Uh, But the presence of Sanders changes that. Mm -hmm. So Sanders basically became the 49ers' number one wide receiver midseason last year at the trade deadline and became the, I don't know, the the feather on the scale to take the 49ers to the next level and why they were able to get to the NFC Championship game. And we saw what Sanders did against the Saints when the Saints and 49ers played in New Orleans last year. Uh, If Michael Thomas were to miss a game, which he hasn't yet, Emmanuel Sanders is a okay wide receiver number one. He's an ideal number two, 
But considering last year our number two receiver was Ted Ginn Jr. or Traquan Smith, uh, Michael Thomas was it in the wide receiver room, and that was all. For the first time he since Brandon Cook, he has someone else with him, and I think that'll help Drew. But hopefully that'll help uh, Mike also. But he's absolutely incredible. He's the one guy who you could, like, tweet at and be like, Chris put you number three on the list. And yeah. he would, you know, uh, just start raising cane on Twitter about it. But, uh, again, it's it's nothing against Mike. He's great. He's awesome. It's just number one and number two to me. Flex emoji. That, that's, what, that's what you get. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little sure. angry face. Well, I'll show him, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike. We love our uh, superstar personality on this podcast. <laughs> we absolutely do. And talk about superstar personality. My number two, who's been the most consistent saint in the past decade, that's Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan, if you're listening, we'll, we'll schedule you on the pod. We're, we're pretty busy, but we'll, we'll find a time. We'll slide you in. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll get you in a quick pod. And he, here, here's why. He's hit his peak in, in the past few years. He came into the league as that run stuffer D-end. And he slowly molded his game into a pure all-around D-end. And you can look at a guy like Chandler Jones who puts up the numbers. But I would say Cam Jordan's better in the run game. Shaq Barrett, I'd say he's definitely better in the run game than Shaq Barrett. I think you could say he's the best all-around D-end in this league right now. And with without question actually and Nate and I have talked about this in other pods look who he's played with these past few years not the hottest guys in the interior on the outside he's been taking double teams all this and that and and yet he's still I think there's a stat where he is he sacked a quarterback most of all time that one player Matt Ryan that being Matt Ryan that's the most a one player has sacked another quarterback ever. So that just kind of shows you, uh, Chris is like what number three guy on the list, Matt Ryan, that Cam Jordan is just hungry for competition and he just always wants to win. If this no, was a personality I... ranking, Cam would be number one, <laughs> without question. I mean, I think we can all agree. Like, you just watch interviews with Cam, uh, you see him on social media, and you're like, can we just be friends? Mm-hmm. Like, you you seem absolutely hilarious here. The way he just trolls Cam Newton and sends bottles of wine or brooms or uh, how he becomes the biggest advocate for free agent signings on social media. Yeah. So he'll just start jumping in players' mentions like, yo, come to the Saints. Uh, so he's absolutely incredible. I love Cam. He needs to retire a Saint. He needs to be a Saint forever. Mm-hmm. If he ever gets hurt, I'll give him the body part he needs. He can have my kidney, liver, whatever. We'll make it happen. I, I love Cam. I think we'll have a Saints fans combine, you know, to where we all show up and see who has the best body part, and we can donate it to Cam because I, I think just like you, I share that. Brendan shares that. I think everybody feels that way about him. And he's the kind of guy, you know, you get some teams that just fit. Cam Jordan just seems like the kind of guy that would be that no matter where he was, he was going to take a city in and really love it and be the kind of like namesake and icon for that city. No, we wouldn't. It's New Orleans. It's only New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. Well, my number two, actually, uh, I'm going to have to jump off the boat. Duns, I am sorry. You were wrong about who I have at number one, because my number two is Mr. Can't Guard Mike, Mike Thomas. Uh, uh, For a lot of the same reasons we talked about earlier, I don't want to continue to drag that along. Uh, He's ridiculously good. He's crazy good. Every adjective in the book that this journalism major can put out there, he is it. He's great. Uh, I hope he's a saint for a very long time. Uh, but for me, there's one guy that I think has just been consistently that performer and who really is the best player on this team. And Michael Thomas, um, number two ain't bad. And I probably would get a lot of crap from that. If he was standing here and looking at me, I would probably put him as number one because he scares me. But for me, he's coming in at number two. I'd love watching him work no matter who's covering him. He fights and fights and wins. Uh, It's crazy. He's a crazy good player. So my number two is the guy you guys have consistently disrespected here. And that is Ryan Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick is absolutely incredible. So 
he has since he's come into the league when the Saints almost drafted Reuben Foster. Shout out to San Francisco. Appreciate you. Uh, he has <laughs> never finished outside the top ten in uh, Pro Football Focus's grades uh, for tackles. Last year was ranked number one. But this is a fun list of the types of DNs he faced last year and shut down. Aaron Donald, or, or you know, it, just defensive linemen together. Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn, Nadamakan Sue, Calais Campbell, Khalil Mack, JJ Watt, Nick Bosa. I mean, these are the best of the best. And Ramchuk can shut them down. Again, if Pete goes down, or if Armstead goes down, Pete can fill in. If there's an issue at center or guard, then we have Ruiz and we have McCoy who can move around. If Ramchuk goes down, we are effed. <laughs> like, it is not going to be good. Um, he is hopefully going to be an anchor on this offensive line for a very long time. Uh, but this offense, the run game and the pass game, depend on Ryan Ramchuk being in this offense and being on the field more so than any other player. If I take Thomas out or Kamara out or Drew out, I can still find ways to make this offense work. If you take Ramchick out for an extended period of time, man, it's going to be a struggle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I 100% I agree. agree. Yeah. Before I say my number one, I'm going to go through my 10 through uh, two. Just, just to kind of familiarize everyone, uh, 10 I had Marcus Williams, 9 Will Lutz, 8 Marshawn Lattimore, 7 Alva Kamara, 6 Tron Armstead, 5 Drew Brees, 4 Demario Davis, 3 Ryan Ramchick, Two Cameron Jordan, and number one for the people at home who can't see, I'm flexing right now, and that's all I really need to say, because he came into the league with his uh, little hashtag with the shh, and that's really been a testament to to his play, because it took till this year for people to really start talking about him as the best wide receiver in the league, and sitting back and watching him these past three years three or four years since Brandon Cooks departed and he really became that wide receiver one, it's been pure dominance. And you'll get the guys saying, oh, he does this, he does that. Every cornerback who goes up against him every week, we had Delvin Bro on the show, um, and he talked a lot about Michael Thomas and his competitiveness. He is probably the one, one of the most annoying wide receivers to guard in the NFL. Yes, there's Julio Jones who will absolutely burn you. DeAndre Hopkins makes the crazy catches. But Michael Thomas, he may not burn you every single play, but he's going to catch the ball no matter what. He is too strong. He's too athletic. He's going to catch it every single time. And when Michael Thomas got the 99 overall rating in Madden, everyone's reaction was, what? Like, come on, DeAndre, Julio, all he does is run slant routes. Here's a little stat for you guys. Most targets, 20-plus yards downfield without a drop, since 2015 the list is michael thomas and it's 40 54 catches 54 catches of 20 plus yards downfield without a drop i don't see julio i don't see deandre flex that's it <laughs> i i share the or i share the feelings michael thomas just ridiculous you truly can't guard him uh, people are always going to, I think, be a little bit lower on Michael Thomas because he does have that personality and he knows how good he is. And if I was that good, I would be the same dang way. I got to say, I'd have a big head. I'd, I'd give myself the respect that I want uh, if I was that good. He's ridiculously good. And I hope one day we can look back on it, put the Twitter aside, put everything aside and say, that dude was freaking amazing. And not just Saints fans, because we already do that, obviously, but everybody because he deserves that respect for me for sure absolutely he, he is if this list was the most talented player then Michael Thomas is probably number one on my list uh, just because no matter who's guarding him no matter what the play call is you can know what it's going to be it it's second and four it's going to be a quick slam we know it's coming and you still can't stop it that's saying something. Normally, if you tell the other side what the play call is going to be, they'll be able to at least slow it down. If you want to say, oh, what about all he does is catch slants? Well, then someone freaking stop him then. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. If everyone knows it's going to be a slant, but they can't. They can't do it. 
So yeah, he's absolutely awesome and very deserving of being very high on this list. It's like one of those things, you know, I, I was talking, I think it was to, um, on one of my podcasts with my buddy Jake and we were saying, you know, he only runs slants. He only runs, you know, within 10 yards. Oh, Barry Bonds only hit home runs. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa only hit home runs. Somebody throw him a curveball. You mean they hit home runs off a curveball too? Oh, okay. If, if <laughs> slants were outlawed, Michael Thomas would find a way to have another route that was elite. It, it, there's no question. I, I think it's ignorance, I think is the best way I could put it truthfully. If he plays uh, but, his, his extension, there's no way he's not the leader in every single wide receiver stat in Saints history. I'll leave yeah. it at that. Yep. Oh, he'll do it in a couple seasons. At this yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, that being said, he did come in at number two on mine, and just somebody that I want to give respect to and give tons of props to. My number one's Cam Jordan. I, I think with we've talked about what he's worked with over the years. It's been ugly. We're finally getting a little bit more talent on that defensive line. You know, we've spent three first-round picks on Sheldon Rankins and technically two on Marcus Davenport, you know, to make it a three there with that trade with the Packers but you know this whole career he's been so consistent and he hasn't had that help not like he's hopefully fingers crossed I'm gonna get this year uh somebody that's true and true a saint black and gold blood uh and somebody that is just ridiculous in the ability to you know use different moves from the swim to the bull rush to get in on quarterbacks uh and he's adapted uh, to shutting down the run game you know locking out I've seen him drop I think a couple maybe two or three not many but times where he'll even drop back and you know on purpose to bat those passes like we said and it's just insane you know uh that being said he's definitely tied with Shy Tuttle for number one just because Shy Tuttle just destroyed Matt Ryan so gotta work that into every podcast that I can of course so earlier today, I tweeted out trying to predict the seven Saints that were going to make the NFL Network's top 100 of 2020. Um, and my number one just liked that tweet because he appeared on that list as well. Ooh. And that is Demario Davis. Dope. Uh, Demario Davis makes the top of the list for me because of what he means for this defense. We talk about the quarterback position and we say, okay, well, if Drew Brees were to go down, we have a capable backup in Jameis Winston. We have who knows what in Taysom Hill, but he's at least shown to be serviceable in limited play. What about the quarterback of the defense? If DeMario were to go down, who calls plays? Who makes the reads? Who makes the, the, the calls for the adjustments there and the alignment shifts? When Drew went down with his thumb injury uh, against the Rams last year, I think it's telling that it was DeMario Davis who stepped up and led those pregame huddles. Again, after Breeze made his comments this offseason, I think that it's going to be people like DeMario who are going to step up and help make this team come together. He was pro football folks' highest-graded linebacker last year, had a career year, and it, it's funny that the Saints' best linebackers are free agents we signed from the Jets. But what he can do for the Saints' defense in pass coverage, when he pins his ears back and gets after the quarterback, when he's trying to plug up holes in the run game, he can do it all. He does it all very well. And when you look at the Saints' defense and you look at the layers of it, you look at the defensive line, you say, okay, well, we have Marcus Davenport, we have Cam, we have players like Shy in the interior, and you skip and you go to the secondary, and you, we have a former defensive rookie of the year in Marshawn Lattimore. We have Janoris Jenkins. We have – but behind them, we have Malcolm Jenkins, a former two-time Super Bowl champ, and Marcus Williams, who's also made this list. But the linebacker position, especially now that we let Klein go in free agency, has a lot of questions outside of Demario Davis. It's basically Demario plus a lot of people who are banged up, and Anzalone and Ellis, so and, and Kiko Alonso. So what DeMario Davis means to the Saints defense is absolutely invaluable. And he's one of the many Saints that's coming up uh, a free agent soon that I hope the Saints do right by him and can keep him in the black and gold for a really long time. But DeMario Davis is going to be number one for me. Prowl kill eat. That's Man, I, I cannot forget his first pregame speech. I was watching with my wife. We were getting ready to watch the game. And 
we were, it was like we were in the huddle with him. You know, we're, we're saying yes. He's like, okay, I want you to, to take the field today. And we're like, yeah, we want you to, to give it your all. And my wife and I are like, yes, yes, absolutely. It's like, I want you to look at the other man across the field from you. Look him in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then take his soul. And we're like, holy crap. <laughs> take his soul? Wow. That was intense. Yeah. But I was ready to run through a wall after his speech was over. So, yeah, we prowl, we kill, we eat. Whatever you say to Mario. Right. Yes, sir. I, I, Captain. There are – oh, sorry, Brent. Go ahead. You're good. I was going to say, I guess the player side, it's been – one of the better chants since Drew Brees' 2009 chant. Mm-hmm. There are about four th- four people that I think I would run literally physically through a wall for. One of them is fictional, but we got Drew Brees, Demario Davis, Ed Orgeron, and Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. And that's <laughs> my four. And Demario Davis is probably the top of that one. He He's so hype. I, I, that's all I can say. That's all I can say. And you look at the new hybrid of linebackers, too. I mean, these guys who are super athletic, who can do it all, guys like Bobby Wagner, it's hard. It's really hard to find a guy like that. I mean, we see it in college, um, these athletic players playing linebacker now, but they're not as stout. It's like a Deion Buchanan playing middle linebacker. He just can't play the run as good as Demarrell Davis, and he does both so well. It's just a testament to him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a hot take here since we've all set our number ones out there. Watch for Zach Bond to be on this list by the time we do this again next year. For me. I'll give my hot take on Zach Bond. No chance. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. You're entitled to your opinion. We need we need to uh, place a bet there, man, and revisit this. All right, I'm down we for should, it. We should put some lines down. We'll, we'll save that for another time. Yeah, Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll hop, I'll right. hop back on again, and we'll go over some, uh, some over-under or some bold predictions for the same season. Maybe we'll make some fun bets on it. That'd be dope. Super down. All I got for you, Brandon. All, all I got to say is next year when we do this list, it's going to be real hard to keep Chauncey Garner Johnson off this list. That's all. That's I'm, the one who I think that we will, can agree uh, on. Could creep, in. <laughs> could creep in. That we can definitely agree on. And of course, our, our QB one at the time, Taysom Hill. Yeah, oh, yeah. naturally. Steve I'm, I'm honestly a little disappointed he didn't make either of your lists. You know, I thought about just bumping him up to number one for the memes, but you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to sacrifice the validity of my list. Yeah, there goes it was already team. sacrificed. When started. <laughs> our first, our like ten through eight were the same. So I mean, hey, started good, cool. yeah, then it, it went downhill, close. right? Yeah, it all went downhill after that. If you're listening, please let us know what you do differently, what you like, what you don't like. If you want to flame some of us, go ahead and do it. We'll back it up with facts. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode because it was lots of fun to do. This is over an hour. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe our list will be right. I mean, we lots of differences, some of the same. Um, again, I'm with my co-host, Nate. We have a very special guest, Chris, who was a managing editor at Canal Street Chronicles. And if you guys aren't checking that out, if you guys are just listening to this podcast, please go check that stuff out now because we got tons of good articles and some really blessed writers. I mean, we got some really good writers over there. So, I mean – Plug your guys' Twitter. I mean, we got we to gotta plug, of course. Yeah, so this is Chris here. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Dunnels, D-U-N-N-E-L-L-S. Brendan's right. We got a bunch of great writers, plus Brendan and Nate. <laughs> I'll see myself out again. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take the podcast a rule. We're fine with that. Yeah, yeah, we'll take that. At least, at least mediocre podcast hosts. And then we've got great writers, so it's all good. It's all good. Face of the franchise. If you didn't like our podcast, go listen to uh, all the other ones that we have on here too. Shout out to those guys. They do a great job. You can follow me on Twitter at NateJWSports. I got Saints stuff. Got a lot of different stuff. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if not, uh, follow me and then mute me. It's worth it. Absolutely. Yep. Hit the mute button, of course. Uh, of course, and uh, follow the Kenosha Chronicles account at Saints CS, CSC. Mm-hmm. Tongue there. But, yes, again, appreciate all the love. Tune in. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars. It helps us out. Helps out the site. Any last words? Appreciate you guys for having me on. We'll do it again soon. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. Who dat? Your, your invite's still open. Who dat? Who dat? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop. The Super Bowl. Hell yeah.
private in the dome, we know that